Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Highway Community Podcast for Sunday, August 21st, 2022. We're so glad that you have joined us to listen in. But today is an important day in the life of our community, and that's because today is the gathering, which every year serves as an important marker stone for us. Not only is the gathering important because it's the place where we do a couple of pieces of constitutionally mandated business, but it's also important because it creates a rhythm for us to remember and look forward. The gathering is an important space for us to remember and celebrate the year that we've completed and to look forward as a community to the year ahead. One year ago, as we went into the gathering, we had just navigated some major, major changes together as a community. The COVID-19 pandemic had really brought clarity for us on the way that God had been moving us and leading us really for several years leading up to the pandemic. And we were very definitely sensing that after 21 years, God was leading us not just into a new chapter of the story of our church, but rather into a whole new volume. And as we seek to be a church that is formed and shaped by Jesus and the greatest commandment, to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves as we walk together in community, at the very heart of that new volume was an orientation shift, and specifically a shift towards investing more of our resources outward, to invest more in loving our neighbors as ourselves and sharing in God's redemptive work in our local communities. And part of that involved consolidating our two weekly worship sites into one and repurposing our campus on Middlefield Road in Palo Alto to focus on missional work and community presence. Of course, at this time last year, we had absolutely no idea what that would look like. And we talked about God's call of Abram in Genesis chapter 12, where God invited Abram to leave behind everything that was known and familiar to him, right? His country, his people, his inheritance, everything that he had established, everything that brought security and comfort and stability, and to leave that for the place that God would show him. God was inviting Abram to leave the familiar in exchange for what he could not see. And Genesis chapter 12, verse 4 says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And in many ways, that was what repurposing our campus felt like. God was, was asking us to leave behind the things that have been familiar in order to embrace what he was yet to show us. And as we met at the Middlefield campus and dedicated it to God's missional work, At last year's gathering, no one felt all of that more acutely than Jake Dodson, who, as a part of the consolidation, stepped into a new role both for him and for the church as the pastor of missional development and communications. And so as we look back on this past year, I want to invite Jake to share some of the work that God has been doing and developing through the missional campus as we have trusted him to lead us. 
Hello, Highway Podcast crew. This is Jake Dodson. I serve as the uh, missional development pastor here at Highway, and I'm really excited to be able to share with you some of just the highlights that have happened at our missional campus in Palo Alto this last year. It was a, a year ago, around the same time, that we were able to dedicate as a church that property and that campus to be used for the blessing of the wider community around us. And so I wanted to be able to share um, some of just a distillation, really, of what we've been able to do through that campus in the last 12 months. Um, Some of the uh, different things are already stuff that we've talked about in either various services or um, through different emails, but this is just kind of collecting it all together uh, in one place. So um, one of the most exciting developments in the last year was uh, being able to step into refugee care in a really uh, much more intensive way uh, than we had before. And this was uh, made possible through a partnership with Jewish Family Services and was um, was really brought to um, the foreground of our concern around um, the African Afghan refugee crisis and how many Afghans were arriving into our area um, with very little and how much um, Jewish Family Services and a number of the other resettlement agencies that they partner with or work alongside um, were were having being taxed by the um, amount of uh, families that were arriving and they needed a lot of resources very quickly. And so as a church, we were able to do a home goods drive. We were able to gather toiletry bags um, and pack them together with our youth ministry. Um, we packed over 80 bags that were able to serve um, as a gesture of welcome to arri- arriving refugees and arriving refugee families. Um, and then recently we did a backpack drive for um, for students who um, both uh, adult learners and then um, and then K through 12 learners that were going to be going to school in the fall, um, all from the refugee community. And um, we were able to f- donate fully packed backpacks, 20 fully backpacked backpacks, as well as $500 in Target gift cards um, to, uh, to be able to help them get what they need and be able to be uh, ready for the school year. Um, in addition to that, we've dedicated four rooms at the campus that are an ongoing staging ground for being able to put together um, home good kits. These are kits that are used by social workers um, when a family either arrives for to a long-term stay hotel uh, or arrives into their first apartment and um, and serve to kind of help that family set up what they need. This is everything from bed frames and couches um, to everything that a kitchen needs to function um, from uh, cutlery to um, to uh, crock pots and uh, and everything's donated or is purchased through donated funds um, by Jewish Family Services and so they're able to store all of that um, in a really organized way and have it be really accessible um, the moment it's needed and so um, there's teams there from um, our partner organization uh, at least three days a week uh, preparing kits for families and um, organizing donated items into those four rooms and so that's a really active use of our campus. Um, The other area that we have done uh, a lot more intensive work with is in the area of homeless care. And so um, our safe parking program uh, has continued. Um, In the city of Palo Alto, we're able to dedicate four spaces. And so um, over the course of the last year, we've had 15 people that have been helped by the program. Um, These folks are getting connected to social workers. They're exploring uh, more long-term solutions as far as housing goes. And, um, and they're having a safe place to be able to park and rest for the night um, in our lot. And so that program um, continues, and, uh, and it's something that, uh, that we're glad to be able to be a part of. 
And um, the other area is that we have doubled up our uh, amount of um, partnership with Hotel de Zinc. And so Hotel de Zinc is a rotating shelter that um, that has been going to 12 different churches in the city of Palo Alto or, um, or synagogues, the different houses of worship that are, um, are being able to house and care for, um, as a night shelter, uh, up to 20 different residents and, uh, and then um, a, a site manager overnight. And so um, Hotel de Zinc was able to partner with the Quaker community because their facility became uh, very taxed and was not able to accommodate that 20 per person number. And so um, for December and for April this last year, we were able to house, um, I believe it was uh, 15 and then 17 different um, different people in our uh, facility overnight, be able to give them a place to share an evening meal, to provide that meal much of the time, um, and then to be able to, uh, to do that two different months. Um, we've done it regularly in April for about like, I don't even know how many years, but um, to be able to add the December month is something that we're going to do in the future. We're going to kind of continue this partnership and do a December, April um, a use of the facility for that. Uh, another really great kind of development that happened was um, in seeking out a partnership with an organization called Job Train, which um, helps people get into employment um, coming out of difficult circumstances. Um, Job Train was able to uh, forge a partnership uh, through our site with Hotel de Zinc for, um, for the first time and really go deeper with being able to get people connected with those services. Um, we were also able to be present at the Palo Alto Homeless Services Fair, which was held at the Opportunity Center, a location where a lot of people who are facing homelessness come for services, both healthcare, um, social work, uh, a lot of different kind of needs are all gathered together there. Um, laundry facilities, showers, um, food services, uh, being able to have um, professional clothes for job interviews, things like that are, are, are all available at the Opportunity Center. And um, because of COVID, they hadn't been able to have one of their, their main fairs um, where they are able to bring a whole ton of area partner organizations together for legal services, for um, um, for be able to kind of get connected to job opportunities or to, um, to social work services or, um, or other things that people are trying to get out of homelessness or, or find their way to um, manage in the midst of homelessness. Um, can can come. And so being able to do uh, a fair that really is able to kind of get people connected to that and also has a, an element of, of fun and community building to it. Um, for, to be able to do that for the first time in three years was a big deal, um, but also to be able to be present there as, um, as a Christian church, to be able to be present there as the church, um, uh, just being able to meet and care for with, um, with offering um, the uh, those kind of special food items that we were able to give or some of the raffle items that we were able to, uh, to, to donate, um, for that, uh, for us to be present in that space was, uh, turned out to be a really beautiful and important expression of, um, of highway as a community wanting to be present there because, um, though there were a lot of different organizations, uh, a lot of churches in Palo Alto had been invited to come, um, but it was very few that ended up coming. And so we were one of the only ones that was present there and the only evangelical oriented church that was, um, 
was present at that fair. So that was really special. Um, a couple of other things that have been going on at the campus are um, the missional book group that I've been able to lead. Um, it's been a really great uh, couple of months uh, reading about Muslim immigration and, um, and what a good Christian posture is toward the immigrant who's coming from another faith is, um, how, to, how to be open and, uh, and a blessing to those who are arriving um, in the name of Christ. And to how to be able to leverage our uh, privilege was another um, uh, a book that we read, Subversive Witness, Scripture's Call uh, to Leverage pr- Privilege. And, uh, and this was another um, really rich, uh, we're actually al- still in the midst of it, almost concluded, but a really rich dive into um, what it means to, to kind of carry the, um, the gospel mandate of, um, of being a blessing to those around you, uh, to being a blessing to the communities um, that, uh, that we have been blessed, not for our um, own um, selfish sort of rising up, but for um, the, uh, the well-being of the community around us. And so it's been really challenging, really deep, and, and both really great groups to be able to read through these books with. Um, the final thing I wanted to talk about was just our church partnerships and being able to, um, to have the space at the campus on a Sunday when we're not actively using it for a worship space, to be able to set that space up um, and have it be ready and available and useful to congregations that are also trying to do ministry in contexts that are different from ours uh, has been really beautiful. And so our partnership with Mission Mount Spanish-speaking community led by Francisco and Maribel, um, that has been a really beautiful partnership that continues. Um, And then we've also added a new partnership with New Hope Community Church. This is an African-American congregation led by Pastor Kelvin Smith. And this partnership just started in the summer here. And um, and it's been a really just a good thing for us to be able to do with our building is to help some of these congregations um, get, uh, in the case of New Hope Community Church, back together for the first time since the pandemic started. And they had been on the the Zoom calls and trying to, to be together as a congregation digitally. And so our site is giving them an opportunity to be back together uh, in person for the for the first time. And so there's a lot to celebrate in all of these different things. There are um, a lot of other areas that we're hoping to be able to explore in the year ahead. Um, as we continue these things that, that I've just mentioned, staying involved in refugee care, staying involved in homeless care, um, continuing to push into challenging books um, as, as a missional campus book group, um, to be able to continue church partnerships. But we'd also love to be able to um, to expand and to be able to find ways to bless uh, vulnerable children in our in our city um, to be able to um, possibly wade into that through tutoring needs or through digital literacy needs. Um, and then the, the issue of food insecurity, especially for the low-income families and individuals in our community, uh, is one that, that is on our heart as a leadership team and one that we're trying to explore ways to do that, um, that well and sustainably. And so, um, so you can be praying for our campus and just praying for our leadership team as we try to discern um, so what some good ways to step forward into those are. And as always, we're really wanting to kind of discern ways to use the campus um, as a, a context for us to be incarnational with our ministry as a church. And so finding ways for us to um, to not me to not just update you, but for you to be able to step into some of the work uh, and be able to um, to be a blessing to the community around us through our missional campus. Um, That's part of uh, what we're hoping to see happen more of in the year ahead. So it's been great to be able to share these with you. Um, Thank you so much for, um, for the opportunity. Thank you, Jake. Something else that we did as a community last year 
as an expression of loving our neighbors as ourselves was the year-end giving campaign for the Jubilee Fund, where half of every dollar given to the fund was given away to support the work of God's kingdom in our surrounding communities. And during the months of December and January, we raised a total of $121,538. And from that, gave $15,000 each to Hope Horizon East Palo Alto, the Reach Potential Movement, and Footsteps Missions in order to support the kingdom work that each of these ministry partners are doing. And then, in addition to that, we also set aside $15,000 to support the unfolding missional work at our Middlefield campus as well. Now, at this time last year, believe it or not, we were still meeting out in the backyard on Sundays, which we had started doing weekly beginning the Sunday after Easter. It wasn't actually until November uh, that we moved inside, debuted seating out in the courtyard, which got pretty frigid over the winter months, and began to live stream the service again after nearly a year of posting pre-recorded content. And I don't know about you, but for me, uh, that timeline is yet another example of the COVID time warp. You know, it feels to me like we've been doing this indoor, outdoor live stream arrangement for a long time now, and it hasn't even been a year. And as I think about that, as I think about how it has not actually been very long at all since we've been back meeting in person, you know, really just 16 months, it reminds me of just how different the return to church has been you know, compared with what I imagined it might be like all the way back in the early weeks and months of the shelter in place. And not knowing, obviously, all the things that we didn't know at the time, I used to imagine us reconvening as a church after all the months of not being together. And in my mind's eye, and I imagined an outdoor gathering where, where everyone was together again. You know, that one Sunday, we just all come back at once and we'd, we'd be basking in the glow of being together again, doing something that we'd missed, and just relishing in all of that. But of course, as things unfolded, uh, that was very understandably not what it would be like at all. Instead, contrary to what I had imagined, and again, right, there was no basis for my imagination. It was just my imagination. But contrary to my imagination, you know, in order to create as safe of an environment as possible, in our initial outdoor gatherings, we sat in socially distanced seating clusters in the backyard. And it was good, and it was beautiful, and it was sweet in its own right, just very different than what I had imagined. And in the months that have followed, you know, the reality is that the return to church, right, the, the return to life together as a community has been slow. And it's been slow for a number of reasons. There was the Delta variant surge, the Omicron surge. Now there's the BA5 variant of Omicron, which is just everywhere, right? And so there's been wave after wave of COVID. Right? During all the months of meeting online, we, we formed new routines in place of our old ones. And some of those new routines have, have calcified perhaps more than we thought that they might. And as the months wore on, we, we became more and more relationally disconnected through the isolation that we were experiencing. And then on top of all of that, there was just a ton of change at church as well. 
And so while last year we focused on reorienting ourselves outwardly and loving our neighbors, this year our focus is going to be on resurrecting the community life that we share with one another as we continue to emerge from COVID. And the idea of resurrecting community life is significant because of all of the things that it evokes, right? There's a newness that is fundamental to resurrection, right? Resurrection is about new life. It's about restoration and revival and renovation and and revitalization. The book of Genesis tells us that God created us in his image, And because God's image is inherently relational, right, as he himself exists in community in the persons of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it's no surprise that in Genesis we find that we were created to be in community as well. As God brings order and function to the chaos of the formless and void in Genesis chapter 1, and as he speaks things into creation, he repeatedly pronounces that it was good. God creates and it was good. And that's true for everything that God creates until his creation of Adam, the human. God forms Adam, and he sees that it was not good for him to be alone. And so he formed woman from the very stuff of Adam to be in relationship with him, to be a counterpartner, to share both in God's blessing and in the task of maintaining and caring for God's sacred space. And so from the very beginning, we see that we don't journey alone, but together with others. We see the same community ethic when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus doesn't teach us to pray, give me this day my daily bread, or forgive me my debts, or lead me not into temptation. Instead, it's give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us not into temptation. Jesus teaches us to pray communally. He teaches us to pray with and for one another. He teaches us to pray in the context of community. The verses in the New Testament that give instructions about how, as followers of Jesus, we're to express God's love, right? The call, for example, to to bear one another's burdens and to build up one another and to care for one another and to comfort one another, to be devoted to one another, to encourage one another. And the 41 other one another's, right? They all assume community life. They all assume walking with others in community. And then Hebrews chapter 10, of course, emphasizes the importance of meeting together. Hebrews 10, 24 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so over and over and over, the scriptures remind us that we don't journey alone, we journey together. And the relationships that we share as the body of Christ are an invaluable gift because community is one of the most tangible ways that we share God's love and experience our belovedness as his children. And many of you know that 
two and a half weeks ago now, my dad passed into the presence of Jesus at the age of 90. And not surprisingly, uh, there's, there's been a real mix of emotions for me as I've been processing all of that. And everything, obviously, from sadness and grief uh, to, to gratitude and, and even relief. But on Friday, I was having coffee with a friend who was, who was asking how I was doing. And I was explaining how things feel pretty unpredictable. Right? The emotions just kind of come in waves, as, as I'm sure many of you have experienced. But I was also sharing with my friend how some of the most emotional moments for me you know, the, the things that have gotten both the misters and the faucets going over the last couple of weeks have come from receiving cards and texts and calls and emails and hugs and words and presents from my church community at Highway. Because those expressions of love are, are tangible and indisputable reminders that I am not alone. That those expressions of love are tangible reminders that I am not alone and our family is not alone. And, and there aren't even words to articulate how that feels. Right? There aren't words to articulate the intensity of, of receiving love in that way. And that's, that's the gift and the beauty of community. And so this year, we're going to focus on creating as many contexts as possible to resurrect community life, and as many contexts as possible for us to learn together, serve together, eat together, and play together. Some of the things that we have planned include an all-church retreat that's locked for the weekend of February 10th through 12th at the Redwood Glen Camp and Conference Center in Scotts Valley. Right? Because there's really no better way to build and deepen relationships than spending extended time away together. And we're excited for what's sure to be a very, very special weekend. And we'll be sharing more details about that soon. In just a couple of weeks, on Sunday, September 11th, a worship gathering will be dedicated to resurrecting service as we consider the different ways that we can engage in serving with one another and using the gifts and particularities of who God has made each of us to be to bless our community. So that'll be coming on Sunday, September 11th. You know, we talk a lot at Highway about how we love to eat together and, and, and about the way that food is sort of our, our unofficial fifth core value. There's, there's always something special that happens around the table when we share meals together. And we have experienced that again uh, this summer with our barbecue series. And this year, we're planning to host an all-church meal, not just in the summer months, but each month throughout the year as a way of leaning more fully into the way that God bonds us together through eating together. Uh, in January, something else we'll be offering is a, is, a, is a new opportunity to learn together and walk together spiritually through the Ignatian Adventure, which is 32 weeks of daily prayer and meditations, which were designed as a journey to discover how faith can thrive in the midst of, of everyday life. Uh, and doing that in community with others is a beautiful and powerful thing. And so at the beginning of next year, there will be an invitation to do that for anyone who wants to embark on that journey. 
Uh, in July of next year, we're planning to take a team to Honduras again uh, to serve together in the work that God is doing through Footsteps Missions at the Garden of Love and Hope, which provides holistic support for kids in the Galeras and Santa Rosita neighborhoods in Santa Barbara. Right? And that's just scratching the surface. There will be many more ways, uh, big and small, to engage in community with others in the coming year as well. We are excited uh, for what God has in store for us as we endeavor to resurrect community life and walk with him together alongside of one another. And of course, one way that you can lean into all of that immediately is by sticking around for a few minutes when we're done and joining us in the backyard as we share a couple of items of community business. It's a very simple yet very significant way to engage with our community uh, and, the, and, the, and the fact that we have consolidated now and no longer have communities meeting at multiple campuses enables us to do all of this on a Sunday morning. And so I hope you'll come out back, have a Stan's Donut, and join us. And I promise that the, the meeting will not be egregiously long. And would you pray with me as we offer this new year of ministry up to the Lord? Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for all the ways that you have provided for us, not just uh, over this past year, but really over all 22 years of our existence as a community. We thank you, God, for the direction that you have given us, for the ways that you have so evidently and tangibly been been present and at work uh, through these very strange but also very good and sweet years of the COVID pandemic. And God, we thank you for making us to live together in community and to walk together in community. We thank you for the gift of the relationships that we share. And God, as we step into that in a very intentional way this year uh, to resurrect our community life together, uh, which has become so different as a result of the pandemic, God, I ask that you would, through your spirit, uh, be forming uh, bonds Uh, built on and based on the love of Christ among us. And God, that uh, that we might express and experience your love uh, through the relationships that we share together. Lord, would you hold us up? Would you provide for our needs? Uh, Would you do things that only you can do? Uh, And as we build relationships together and love one another as you've called us to, we ask God uh, that our community would be known by your love because of the love that we share together. Thank you, Father. We love you. And we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.